Well, that's the sound there, Father. We're going to go right into Straight Talk here. Are you ready? This morning, Straight Talk in beautiful Winona, Minnesota, right here in the Bluff Valley of the Mississippi River. And we're looking forward to your phone calls, your questions. The point of Straight Talk is we just want to be able to start a conversation with you and to see where you were at this day. And you may have that uh, burning question that you've been wanting to ask. It's probably the same question that other people have. So give us a call, 877-795-0122, and we'll have you on here with us this morning in Winona with Michael Goldsmith and I, Father Tim Buren, and we're grateful that you are listening wherever you are at this moment. So again, the number is 877-795-0122. Well, it's a blessing to be here with you, Father. Oh, with you as well, Michael. Yes. Did you notice that as we were parking our cars this morning and the college students are back? They're, they're... all roaming around. Yes, I seen. I went. I drove by Winona State, and I see, you know, everybody just kind of scurrying around. There's quite a few apartments and stuff around here, so you have a lot of students that are. Yeah, it's good to see. And I'm not sure. I don't think school is in session. I believe this is the welcome week for the first year students mm -hmm. uh, at here at uh, Winona State, uh, St. Mary's as well. Mm -hmm. Our local Catholic University, St. Mary's of Minnesota, is uh, welcoming their students. The seminary, Immaculate Mary Seminary, began welcoming their seniors uh, a few days ago. They had a, a wonderful retreat, and now they are welcoming their incoming students. So it's uh, and they have yeah. a full house there. So yeah. it's it it's like a wonderful twenty something. 20 some came in i saw the for the new students yes. that is the number absolutely awesome. so that is a wonderful gift i believe it was 26 but we can find out more from father kern who will be on the yes. air later so i think they had a they had a uh barbecue for them i saw that on the facebook uh from the diocese so what that a was great really... way to welcome not only the students oh, actually but it was immaculate heart their yeah. parents and family members yes. exactly it's a wonderful gift it's really neat to see you know when when a new student comes and of course they've probably visited the seminary before and regardless of what diocese they come from when they pull up with their parents and they're getting ready to unload the seniors and the pre-theologians come and they literally help them bring everything out of their vehicles and up to their rooms it's mm. a wonderful sign of welcome so yeah. yeah so it's a great sign to see the starting of the school year around our listening area so yes. remember eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the the number that you may call or you can go on Facebook and leave a message there as well and we'll respond to that if you do not want to be on the air again the call in number 877-795-0122 well do you have anything on your heart today father that well, you're thinking about you know today as we were um, praying the memorial for St. Rose of Lima of mm -hmm. course I was thinking about a parish in my home area called St. Rose of Lima that was in the town of Avoca Minnesota, a voca coming from the Irish community in Ireland. And mm -hmm. it's interesting in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, how some of our communities were settled by the Irish immigrants. I'm not Irish myself, but it's it's beautiful times where the Mass, again, it's, it is an ongoing, timeless gift from, from our Heavenly Father that we can connect into our roots and, and where we have been and where we are going. And so it's just always a great gift that in the life of the Church, we can be mindful of where we have come from and where we are going. So I just really appreciate those moments that we are given. Right, yeah. And, and as we go, the universality of the church, if we travel, 
we have that beauty as we go to wherever we're going, you know, to go to a mass, and the mass is the same thing. Sometimes in a different language, of course, but you you get to understand the mass, and you know what's going on, so you can participate in the mass in a in a full way, other than just uh, the verbal way of it. So, you know, that's kind of a beauty of of the church itself too. When I go away on a vacation, and of course celebrate um, my daily masses and the weekend masses, I'm I'm always intrigued. I, 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 I'm always intrigued and really excited when I have parishioners that they too also go on vacation and find themselves at various parishes on their vacations and really encouraging them to, to find out how do they welcome you? Mm-hmm. Have you been received? You know, as we go back to Dr. Susan uh, and the importance of hospitality and, and recognizing that baptismal call that we all have. And I just really appreciate that because, mm-hmm. uh, again, it's an, an opportunity for parish members to see that, hey, we're not making this up. This is something that is important. And this is this is a way of life that we we live. So that's a great gift. So again, the number 877 I'm Father Tim Buren, along with Michael Goldsmith here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Chancery, located in beautiful Winona, Minnesota, the Mississippi River Bluffs. They're all around us. And uh, there's a great uh, location, Michael. Have you ever been up on uh, Garvin Heights Road by any chance? I have. What did you think of the first time you saw that? It's it's so beautiful. You get the kind of get the whole view don't you up and down the river and you do and it's really uh, a fun part for me is when i was first there to try to identify the different catholic churches you know their steeples uh, right. rising into the air and you see of course uh, the uh, basilica of mm-hmm. saint stanislaus Kaska that was uh, made a basilica just a few years ago i i recommend highly any of you that are listening to make a pilgrimage to that basilica an absolute beautiful basilica the polish immigrants here mm-hmm. in winona started that Basilica, originally a parish church, and again, just the faith is alive. The um, the rector of that basilica is Father Patrick Ahrens, who's also the director of liturgy for the diocese mm-hmm. of Winona, Rochester. So very blessed there. So yeah, it is a beautiful sight to see. And there's a couple different spots that you can you can go to too. St. Mary's has a beautiful trail that goes up behind their university that. That's just beautiful to to go. This is just a lovely area down here. To, We're definitely very blessed. Yes. You know, when you drive into the bluffs and you're just really here, it's a beautiful area. Um, and and God is everywhere, obviously. And yeah. in the life of the church, we see that as well. And and the parishes and how they are alive and well. And and the pastors and the and the lay faithful that lead them. Yep. We are so gifted here. And I, as I know elsewhere in our listening area as well. Yeah. So if you want to call in, we're uh, waiting for you to talk to Father, 877-795-0122. I know you have questions out there. Father is all ready to take on your questions and uh, answer them the best that he can or to uh, maybe move us into where we can find more information about your question. But uh, he's had a question that was, uh, sorry, Michael, that was uh, asked of me recently, and it's actually a common question that I know that people have. And and I have heard it addressed here before, but in case people didn't... uh, here uh, that particular segment but uh, why uh, sometimes you'll go to a wedding in the summer this is now my wedding season it mm-hmm. seems to be picking up now here in the late summer and the beginning of fall um, why did we not have the Eucharist it's a common question I'll mm. receive from very faithful Catholics who of course understand and desire that uh, the, the reception of the Lord in the in the Blessed Sacrament and uh, again if there is a couple that is of a mixed marriage we usually under 
unless there's other circumstances, um, usually have the liturgy of the word because of the Eucharist uh, not being able to be received by everybody. Um, and so again, that is a sacrament that's still recognized, even if the Eucharist is not present. And anytime there is a Catholic bride and groom, of course, by all means, we want to have the Eucharist. Yeah, I was just listening to uh, Teresa Tamio on before we started our, um, and they were talking about the different categories of the sacraments, uh, the healing sacraments, the initiation sacraments, and then they brought up marriage and holy orders, as those are sacraments of. Uh, uh, I don't remember now <laughs> drawing a blank on how they said it, but you know that these are ways for us to go out and evangelize through, you know, through which kind of talk, talked me into when we were talking to uh, Doctor Susan about you know evangelizing. Those are those are ways that we're called out through those sacraments to be in service of others. Even in our marriage, whatever vocation that we're doing, that's calling us out to be in service of. Uh, we have the healing, of course, with confession and and uh, uh, the anointing of the sick. And then we have the initiation, which is the Eucharist and the confirmation and the baptism. But the other two, with our vocation, that we are really called to be in service of. I, I thought that was really beautiful. I didn't understand that, that that they were classified in that kind of manner. So I was listening to fragments of their show as well, and uh, as I was uh, on my way here, and again, I really liked the way they were uh, approaching that concept. Um, one of the gifts that I find as a pastor, and I'm sure others can uh, share this sentiment as well, is that when we celebrate um, the sacrament of marriage and we're receiving a lot of friends of the bride and groom in addition to uh, family members, there sometimes are those estranged people that haven't uh, darkened the uh, the church in uh, in a while. And mm -hmm. as they uh, as they approach and they come to the to the celebration, that is an opportunity for us again to evangelize through uh, through that liturgy and. And really to of course we're preaching um the scriptures and we're preaching to um to encourage the the bride and groom on their journey of faith as they are not just getting uh, a day that they're celebrating but this is really a lifetime uh, that is a great opportunity to evangelize through that message through that homily through those readings through the sacrament as as the bride and groom are witnessing um, excuse me as they share and we are witnessing them share in that mm -hmm. sacrament so that's all a beautiful uh, way so evangelization absolutely. is everywhere in the absolutely. sacraments everywhere. <laughs> absolutely well we have a question that came in on the phone uh, sometimes I get confused. Can you clarify for me what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's putting you on the spot. I, I don't know if I could name them all. <laughs> well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are beautiful because um, as we receive them, uh, you know, as an example, let me back up a little bit in the Sacrament of Confirmation as an example. When a young person is sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit by the bishop, by the ordinary of the church or his delegate, and they receive these gifts, it is something that is within them that um, is sanctifying it at, at, at work. The grace is is going to be enacted. And so unlike, you know, um, sometimes you see people that are slain in the spirit or that that charismatic experience with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are planted like a seed. And so as they go forth from that sacrament, uh, they will be um, 
really uh, opened up and blossomed. And, and one of the things as a former chaplain at a university, Minnesota State Mankato, uh, working with college students that all of a sudden, you know, several years later after their confirmation, they're just enlivened in their faith and they want to know more and they want to grasp more. Well, these are where, you know, that, that spirit, the knowledge is coming forth and, and the fear of the Lord. And it's not because you're scared of him. It's there's this delight that you have and the relationship that you want to have with Jesus. And I, I remind them that you were confirmed, weren't you? <laughs> And then we talk about that. And at that moment, they may not have experienced that. In fact, they may have just thought they were doing this to jump through a hoop or they were doing this because their parents made them. But when they see the connection Mm -hmm. to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their life, it is a new understanding and an, an awakening that is so beautiful to experience. So... Um, very blessed to be able to to walk with young people. So it's also a good time to really encourage those of you that have sons or daughters or grandchildren that are struggling in their faith. Remember that sacrament, that seed is planted deep within their hearts, their souls, so those gifts of the Holy Spirit may come forth. Pray for those to come out. Pray for those. Absolutely. Pray for the Spirit to work in those. Can you can you can you say all of them for? Uh, you remember them? No. Nope. The, the 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 problem I have, and I have to tell you why this is. I'm gonna. I would love to start naming all of them. There is a retreat center that we had in our mm-hmm. diocese that not only talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And as priests, as seminarians, when we would gather there for retreat, um, of course, we would have um, those. Uh, you know those. Each of those rooms was named differently, mm-hmm. and uh, it became a source of joy for all of us. I'm going to stay encouraged tonight, or I'm going to be in fear of the Lord tonight, or I'm going to, you know, and we found ourselves, um, you know, just just relishing in that, you know, and that and that retreat. So yes, but it's 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 beautiful. I know that they're all uh, we have uh, under wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude knowledge piety and the fear of the lord uh they're 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 all really again going back to really fostering us in our in our journey with christ right and i mean that's what all of those are set to build us up so that we are able to bring forth again the evangelization of the good news and the truth of what's going on where they're they're all different gifts and, absolutely you know and I, the, 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 I think the question that was getting you know asked is I get confused about uh, about them and how do I you know how do you work through all of those and is so a lot of this goes back to what dr. Susan was reminding us about the importance of the sacrament of baptism of mm-hmm. course you know and I, I, I shouldn't take this for granted but that as the initiation uh, into the life of the church uh, the sacrament of initiation when we receive uh, the sacrament of baptism that's where the Holy Spirit is initiated mm-hmm. that's the you know that's the beginning and of course typically as we are baptized as an infant we may not come completely um, receive that but uh, yeah. you know or understand that right away but it will happen so let's come back to this but in the meantime we have another caller on the phones can we go to that person Michael yes hello Janelle from Crookston are you on the air hello this is Janelle I'm calling from Crookston Minnesota I am on the air how are you I am doing well how are you great great you have a question for father I do. So, Father Tim, um, do you have any advice for the average Catholic about getting involved in the community and maybe um, what it might look like to bring our perspective either to civic engagement um, or just 
maybe you can speak to your own experience of being involved in community life where you're living. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Janelle. Um, thank you for your, your call today. And that is important that we are involved in. And even our Holy Father acknowledges the importance of being involved civically, of course, uh, and in the life of our bigger community. And so whether or not you're referring to uh, the community of faith, of course, wanting to find uh, ways that we can become more involved. Um, you know, uh, these are our communities. These are our parishes. These are our homes. These are the people that we work with, uh, that we play with, that we are engaged with. And of course, we want to be able to recognize the different gifts and abilities that all of us have that we're able to share. Um, uh, as an example, one of the things that I think is important to do um, as a pastor is to be involved in the community, even though we're very busy within our own faith communities, to to find ourselves going into the, the bigger community. I think some of the best evangelizing that can be done is in the coffee houses and you know, in, the, in the local cafes and to be able to go and engage the people there. Um, as an example, there is a woman at one of the restaurants in one of my towns that has now started to go to mass and there's this desire to grow in holiness and there's this this interest that has been piqued um i think you know primarily because we're in the community and because we are engaged in the community and in St. Charles, as an example, we wanted to do things to be uh, building up family in our community. And so this started actually as a civic organization. But what's interesting is of the five of us that are on the, the committee, and that would include myself, uh, four of us are Catholic, you know, and so whether or not we always see that we are actually living out our baptism in these ways of reaching into the life of the people. So... Janelle, I'm kind of uh, all over the place right now. Um, I need to land the plane. Can you give me a specific way that you want me to address this question, Janelle? Oh, you know, I guess um, maybe kind of how you mentioned how we can get outside of our own faith communities and get involved in like community events, for example, or how we can even bring, and I, I think you're answering it well in that if we are a witness, in our own cities and in our mm -hmm. township or wherever we are, how can we, like, what's, what maybe some practicals if somebody isn't, maybe they're thinking about joining a board or maybe just offering some encouragement about, um, maybe it's not that they're joining because they're Catholic, but it's because, well, I happen to be Catholic and I want to build community amongst others who maybe don't even share the same belief as me. Um, oh, that's th that's a very wanna, good point. I want to meet them where they're at. You know, I want to join maybe um, an arts and crafts council or a you know just something in the community where you know in a way you're you're bringing yourself and your witness. But sometimes we tend to get so busy with our own parishes, right, and our own Catholic schools mm -hmm. or or whatever that is that we have a hard time seeing beyond our own walls. You know, and I think like I mean you spoke nicely too about the Holy Father's call to do that. So. I really love this question because, again, this goes along with the topic that we started with with Dr. Susan, and that is we have an opportunity to be a missionary disciple in our community. So, you know, when we are involved in one of these committees or we're on the art board or we're uh, on city council, and, and even though maybe at these opportunities we don't pray, we ourselves can, you know, send the Holy Spirit ahead of us, and we can witness to our faith by living it actively out in these committees. And what happens is people are like, wow. 
You're always joyful. You're super busy, uh, Janelle. You're, you know, I'll use you as the example. You're super busy, and I don't, you know, know whether or not you're super busy. But and here you are, and you have so much joy. Where do you get that? That's when you can say, well, you know, it's my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I go to mass. Um, I, I pray on a regular basis. Um, it's important to me, and I, I like to live that out. Well. Do you mind if I join you sometime or or how can I know more about this? So again, in these subtle ways, by being actively engaged in other non-religious communities, we find ourselves being able to be that missionary disciple without even intending on that in the first place. And when we meet people where they're at, look at what we are doing. We are doing exactly what Jesus did. We're living that out where Jesus entered into the lives of people where they were at. Of course, the Pharisees and scribes were like, look at that. He's with he's with sinners. He's with tax collectors. But look what happened. There was a conversion that happened. Their hearts were turned. And there was this great desire to go into a relationship with him. And ultimately, we know he was a success because here we are 2,000 years later, Michael. So it's a great gift to see But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out of that, you know, to, to, to be there and live your faith that you that you enjoy and that you are really tied tied into you know that's that's where i think i get myself janelle i i also get scared because i'm like okay i i'm i'm afraid to like speak up about it you know i should take a stance on that but i should just be uh, comfortable in living out the spirit and letting that happen so janelle thank you so much for your question i hope we answered that for you we do have another question from uh damien uh from holly and Damien, are you on the phone? Yes. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Your question? Do you want to say your question for Father? Sure. Why do you need to be eight or, or eight or nine to receive communion? Oh, that's a very good question. How old are you, by the way? I'm nine. Wow. And have you received your first communion yet? Yes, I have. And leading up to your first communion, what was what was the what were you looking forward to the most? Receiving communion, probably. Absolutely. So there's this great desire that we have to receive Jesus. And when we're catechized properly as young children uh, to receive the Lord for the very first time, we want to still somewhat be at that age of understanding. And so even though there's some children that may have that reasoning earlier because of how they're they're received into their family and how their family lives out uh, the domestic church, how they bring back what they have uh, listened to and, and, and received from as at their Sunday mass and they bring that back around the kitchen table and they bring that back around in their living rooms and and they actively live that out there's this great hunger that that happens in younger children that I want to receive Jesus Um, And yet, as the Universal Church um, reminds us, is in that patient longing, in that that patient endurance, uh, we grow in in holiness. And here's the key I want to share with you. As you were excited to receive Jesus for the very first time, and now as a nine-year-old and you have received the Lord, it's to always have that zeal, always have that joy, always have the excitement every single time you are finding yourself uh, coming up to receive the sacrament. And that's why you young people really speak volumes for the rest of the church. And you are so gifted at teaching. Michael, I, how many times have you been to a first communion mass and, and, and seen the reverence and the excitement and the joy and maybe a little bit of the oh, fear? It's beautiful. There? And I've taught, I've taught children. 
uh, my kids going up and then other children I've taught them and Damien and it is just so beautiful to watch your uh, what what the Eucharist is all about you're learning about that Jesus is truly present there and you know Damien as we grow older sometimes we forget that and right now uh, the society our whole is having a lot of trouble with understanding that Jesus Christ is truly present right there when we receive in the Catholic Church. There's people that are older than you, Damien, that have lost faith in that, that, that they don't understand that Jesus Christ is truly present there, body, soul, and divinity in his bread that is now his body. It still looks like bread, but it's transformed into his body. And the blood that was sacrificed on the cross, Damien, that's the beautiful part that you're receiving that in, into yourself do you under do you understand that you were taught about that weren't you yeah. yeah yeah so that's the beauty that you get to receive that now now you get to pass that on to other people you do you have siblings yes yeah. yeah so now you get to help them and 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 grow in their faith and show them how you have reverence for the Lord now in the Eucharist. You become a beautiful image and, and a gift of, of the reception of the Lord, and you become that, that resource and that, that person that can help uh, those around you, uh, your friends, and whatnot. And, you know, and I'm going to give you one little extra little piece here and, and pray through the intercession of St. Pius X, because the interesting part is here, if, if uh, you wouldn't have, uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see even if this phone call would have happened, because he was the uh, Holy Father at the time who instituted the Eucharist at a younger age, and he also called for more reception, frequent re reception of the Eucharist. So, of course, an increase than in the sacrament of confession. So, you know, so uh, pray through his intercession uh, that hearts will continue to long for the for the gift of the Eucharist and that we never take it for granted. I wish and pray that every single person has that heart that that you have, Damien, that that has that joy uh, to receive the Lord. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your phone call. Damien, any other question that you had for us besides that? Um, No. Thanks. All right. Well, well, thank thank you so much. God bless you on your day, Damien. Thank you. Thank you. So, you're <laughs> welcome. So, and again, we never had a chance to thank Janelle, who was on the phone with us. So, Janelle, we thank you, and also Damien. So, again, our number is 877-795-0122, Or you can go on Facebook and send us a, a, a shout-out there if you'd like to, and we would... Uh, be glad to hear from you there if you don't uh, want to be on the phone. You can certainly call in 877-795-0122 and you can just leave your question too if you do not want to be on the phone. So we have a question coming up here on Facebook. Uh, Father, do you want to read it? or We have a seminarian serving at our parish this year and he looks like a priest. He wears a collar, but I know he is not a priest yet. Why does he get to wear the collar? Well, that's a very good question. So um, a seminarian would be able to wear the collar um, after he receives the rite of candidacy. And candidacy happens usually prior to theology school. Sometimes it might happen maybe a year in if that person is not ready. So they are, again, acknowledging that this is where they're pretty confident that God is calling 
calling them to sacred, um, to the holy orders of uh, priesthood. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, uh, they receive this opportunity. Now, granted, some dioceses may not have this practice and others do. Um, you know, usually the seminarian, to avoid any misunderstanding, will always identify themselves as, well, I'm so-and-so or I'm so-and-so. I'm, I'm not a priest. I'm a seminarian. I'm at this school of theology studying for this diocese. So um, I think, though, what it helps in doing is rather than causing confusion, it helps, I think, witness uh, to the reality that that we need to keep encouraging young people to discern this vocation. And I, I find it very uh, exciting when I see uh, these young seminarians that are, um, again, wearing the Roman collar that have received candidacy and to be able to be a witness. Because sometimes we get stuck thinking that priests are older and priests have, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you know, we can all make excuses. But I think it's a beautiful witness. So going back to um, Becky on Facebook, the seminarian serving the parish, and so just know that that is why uh, he would be wearing his clerics. He's received candidacy and therefore is uh, is that witness. So, and, they're, and they're called to, to kind of point that out, to not have confusion, correct? That is correct. And so, the, so deacons also wear the collar, correct? Well, it depends on the diocese again. Okay. So some dioceses do and some dioceses don't. Okay. So I know that would be up to the local ordinary. The bishop would make that decision. Okay. So I, I've seen some deacons wear gray. I've seen some... Uh, wear black again that confusion mm-hmm. can happen so they might be addressed as father um, but again they would be uh, responsible for uh, not causing confusion and acknowledging uh, what their role is in the life of the church right yes yep and it, and it's great to see I think it's great to see that's why the bishop in our diocese I know sends the the seminarians out into the diocese so that people are seeing them and they're getting familiarized with them and they're seeing them work in the parishes and uh, there's different there's different stages to that correct that is absolutely correct absolutely so the different d- different stages now typically um, we want to remind any person that is listening and discerning a possible vocation to priesthood a consecrated life that this discernment process is assisted in the seminary, so make sure you remember that you are not going to the seminary to become a priest, but you are going to discern mm. the possibility that God is calling you to the priesthood. And then you will, through study, through prayer, through discernment, through spiritual direction and other avenues, begin to, again, go deeper within the recesses of your hearts to see, is this where God is calling and I, I think that's very important because I do not want young people especially to misunderstand by going to the seminary that doesn't mean you will follow through with this this opportunity because again this is where God is at work and we need to make sure that our Heavenly Father is the one that's that's guiding your heart. It's, so it's part it's part one learning right and the other part is spiritual wise going into going into the seminary that you're really getting in tune with God and you're really uh, through others but also with yourself through prayer are finding yourself seeking what God's will is I mean that's where we go into you know our private prayer that we need to you know really find that in ourselves that's where God speaks to us right that is correct so um, uh, got another caller Uh, did did not want to stay in the line here this morning so in Matt's this morning gospel is Matthew and is where they are asked Jesus what is the great commandment in Matthew twenty two thirty four through forty but if you go to Deuteronomy why does Jesus change the translation 
Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. And so Jesus is finding himself uh, in these teaching moments that is timeless. So the gospel today, when he, when he shared that important teaching, he is sharing that with the concept of understanding that look who his audience is at this time. Look who those he is ministering to. They've been following the law. They've been following mm-hmm. the Old Testament, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And as a result, Jesus is coming to fulfill what um, has been laid out and what has been written down. So so in no way is this contrary to what scripture um, has for us. I mm-hmm. think I think many times, too, we misunderstand and, and people sometimes mistakenly say, well, there's two different gods. There's the God of the Old Testament and oh, there's yeah. the God of the New <laughs> Testament. It's hear one that. and the same. Right. What's happening is there's this, uh, you know, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve was sin at the very beginning, God is trying to, to get the attention of us and, and receiving us back and, and, and to his, um, into his arms. And so through the gift of Jesus, his only son, who is our Lord, who is our Savior, who is our Messiah, uh, you know, he is the one then that is uh, coming to interpret and to help us understand where we have come from and where we are going. And so that is why it's such a, a timeless gift. So when the gospel of Matthew today says that about the greatest commandment and how we are to follow that, he is fulfilling what we have received in the past. Yeah, I don't think he's saying anything different than what's already written in the law. Is he? He's just he's just expanding on it, really. He's definitely expanding on it because of the hardened hearts, especially of Pharisees, scribes, those that were having difficulty with this. And remember, there's many things that Jesus was teaching us that people had difficulty with. And one of them, of course, is the Eucharist. Oh, you know, yeah. when he was, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall Off not. Off they went. Yes. <laughs> and what was interesting, what happens now? You find yourself picturing that moment in sacred scripture where that is being recalled. And, you know, and, and some of these disciples, those that had become, that had started to follow him, they're like, well, this is hard. Yeah. You know, this is difficult. I'm and not so they, that. they yeah. start walking away. But right. what does Jesus do? He doesn't run after them and say, oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to change my mind to make it more comfortable for you or, or yeah. more easy for you. He stays the course. Yep. Michael, and isn't that a... It, I, it is. It's just amazing to me that, you know, that we still see that even in Catholics, what we were just talking about before with Damien, you know, that we're not really truly understanding this truth that is in the Catholic faith about the Eucharist, that he is truly, truly, truly present right there and then. You know, that people are still seeing this as a symbol in our day and age. But, yep. So, uh, caller said there is a different line in Jesus uses with all the mind uh, rather than all your strength. Um, I'm not sure what that one's referring to. What the caller, I think, since we don't, we ourselves are not listening to this caller. There's a different line using uh, with all your mind rather than all your strength is referencing that, of course, of Deuteronomy where the word has been changed and, uh, you know, that uh, that strength um, that we have within the mind. So uh, the difficulty that I have in answering that is I don't have that um, scripture passage in front of me and mm-hmm. as I'm uh, paging through here. But um, nevertheless, um, I just want to just reiterate that um, that it's important that as we reflect on these words that uh, by perfectly uh, looking at Deuteronomy, we are in no way, again, uh, going against what Jesus is reminding us and teaching us uh, within um, the gospel today of yeah. Matthew. I, I encourage you to go and talk to your uh, your priest at your church a little bit more about this you know and bring that up with with the, the caller if they're still listening absolutely thank uh, we, you for that yes that's absolutely beautiful so thank you to all of us that have called in this morning with their questions uh we hope that uh, father has answered them the best that he can this morning again we encourage you to just go talk to uh, your your local priest if you have some more discerning questions on that because it is such an important uh 
point to bring these things up and understand them. So reminder that um, we're going to be here every every day at 9.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday with our Straight Talk. 